Hello, welcome to Picky Bastards. This is Normal Trevetti. I am here with uh, Nicholas Parker, Fran Slater, and uh, we are going to talk about six new albums, or old albums, possibly, um, and uh, we'll talk about uh, what we think about them in general. Um, those six albums are um, in no particular order. Uh, Sampa the Great, her album Mixtape, The Great Mixtape, um, there's Hooray for the Riff Raff, or Hurrah for the Riff Raff. Uh, her album's Navigator. Loyal Corner's Yesterday's Gone. And we have Idols by Brutalism. Or, sorry, Idols is the artist, and the album is Brutalism. Neutral Milk Hotel's In the Airplane Over the Sea. And XTC's Skylarking is our classic album of the month. Um, I uh, well, let's begin uh, with Fran. Can you tell me a little bit about um, what your favorite w album of the playlist was? Okay, it's a, it's a pretty easy question and answer for me here, really. I'm without a doubt it was Hooray for the Riff Raff and the Navigator. I'm going to go as far as to say that it wasn't only my favorite album on this particular Picky Bastards playlist, but my favorite album on a Picky Bastards playlist so far. Wow. So you could probably say I was quite a big fan of this album. Um, I just found it really fascinating. It's kind of billed as a concept album about her alter ego, and um, it's. But you can tell it's a very autobiographical album about like her experiences as an immigrant, um, first when she came to the US and and now. And in that way, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Bowie's Ziggy Stardust album, which mm -hmm. may seem like a weird comparison in some ways. But I, think I know it's high praise at least. It's from high you. praise. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, <laughs> But wow. I think it's just like a character in a world that they're really isolated from, and that really came across in this album for me as well. Um, and actually, I think it's very like relevant to the moment, um, but also I think it would have been a beautiful album without that, because it's just a load of really nice songs that flow really well together. Um, my favourite song is uh, Palante, which I have to say is, is just one of my favourite songs in, in a very long time. Um, and again... It, it was a bit Bowie-like to me, the sort of changes in, in tone within the song and the switches. Mm -hmm. And also just a really interesting song, but it's all about like the pressure to assimilate for people and the importance of sort of keeping your own identity. So I think, I think it kind of fed into a lot of the stuff we've already listened to as a group, like the Odyssey and the Solange and stuff. It was a very uh, sort of powerful political song about something that's very relevant in the current day. So yeah, yeah that was... That, Do you know what Palante means? Palante means move forward. Okay. Um, which I found out, uh, yeah, I found out pretty much the first time I heard the song because I was kind of fascinated by it straight away. Um, but she's been very, I've read a few things that she said about the song where a lot of people, because it talks at the start a lot about um, be something. And a lot of people read it as a song about making sure you be something with your life. But she's very clear that it's actually not that. She's talking about like the pressure to be something like if you're an immigrant and you come and live somewhere new then you're told you've got to do this you've got to live this way you've got to and that's what the song's really about is like trying to move away from that which I thought was pretty fascinating um, I also went to see her live very early this month because me and I'd seen we'd been listening to this playlist for two days and I was coming back from Liverpool and saw she was playing at Gorilla so I just rang my girlfriend and said uh, we're going for this gig <laughs> and we'd heard and she was they were I mean, to say she is actually a band um, and they're all very good but she's she was incredible live um, I just wow you kept that secret you'd gone to see him well yeah I thought I'd keep it quiet this time since I hadn't seen you so um, yeah, yeah. but yeah it was um, it was a fantastic gig um, 
And yeah, that was my thoughts on that album. So right. I'm very keen to see what anyone else thought. Yeah, yeah. No more. You want to yeah, more down? I don't know. Oh, no, is it me or is it no, go ahead. What do so, you think about this album? Um, I, I want to draw a big distinction in this, this album, um, a, a sort of two sides of it, really. I thought, um, and I knew, because uh, Fran already told me that there was a, a kind of uh, overall theme about the immigrant experience and stuff across the album, which I thought was very intriguing. Uh, and I thought it did a lot of good work in terms of talking through a lot of those themes. And I thought, it, I thought that was really interesting. That's mm -hmm. conceptually how it worked and lyrically how it worked. Musically, though, I, I wasn't really in love with it, I've got to say. Um, I think some of it sounded quite dated. Um, and, and, I, and I think particularly, in fact, unfortunately uh, for, the, for the album, the, the, not the opening, because there's like a little preamble called Entrance, but the opening proper song, as it were, Living in the City, um, sounds quite 70s folk rock kind of i don't know prog rock something. it just seemed very it just seemed very slow and and also i was very interested because i saw a little did a little bit of research on her and and it seems like she came out of uh she lived in new york city and came out of a kind of punk scene and stuff mm. which i thought was very interesting so i was really kind of staggered that that was what she went with as, as an opening track on the a main track on the album, as it were. And then with the exception of some of those, which I, I like more than that, there were a couple where it seemed like she was doing something that was even almost like country, which I thought was kind of yeah. interesting, yeah. but also right. from my standpoint, just as somebody who's not a big fan of that genre, mm. not really terribly endearing. I, I wasn't, I wasn't in love with that, you know? So, um, I know it was a difficult one for me. I mean, I, um, yeah, I, I don't know how, it, how I could mesh the two things together, really. The, the, um, the sort of musical styling, which I, I wasn't into, versus the conceptual frame behind it, which I, I, I was, you know. So it's a difficult one. I mean, she comes from a very... The, 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 the previous albums, which I've listened to because I like this one so much, uh, oh, yeah. if you don't like the country elements, I, I suggest you don't listen to the previous albums. Oh, really? This is actually, <laughs> in a way, a step a step away from that. I mean, songs like Hungry Ghost and the okay. uh, Recon Beach, which are more sort of... You know, yeah, I found lively, Hungry Ghost to be a, a Hungry Ghost was a yeah, was Ghost a much like better that. song than for say for example Living in the City. I felt it had a little bit more bite to it, and it felt a little bit more contemporary and um, a little bit more driving. Um, but uh, I think the Life to Save is an example of one that I just was not into. It just felt like it was drifting through a kind of rolling country um, kind of ballad, which I just wasn't couldn't get any traction on emotionally, you know. Mm. So Nermal, what do you think? So when I when I listened to the whole playlist uh, from beginning to end, the, the all of our songs, I was most taken by this album, um, The Navigator, and <clears throat> was uh, the melodies and the lyrics uh, and her voice, <clears throat> and stuck with me more than anyone else's. Uh, as I kept coming back to. Um, the song Hungry Ghost um, and uh, the, the lyrics of how she's ready for the world, you know, I'm ready for the world. And, and um, it's really inspiring and interesting. And I um, more the more I listened to the playlist, though, um, I thought, uh, you know, along the lines of what Nick is saying, uh, I, I just thought musically it wasn't as interesting as some of the other things I was listening to on the list and I started to listen to it less but I will say you know I think 
of all of the albums on our list, it probably will be the one with the, you know, exception of the Neutral Milk Hotel, which is, you know, the most extraordinary album of the last, you know, whatever, how many years. (laughs) (laughs) Giving away Uh, uh, his very secret impressions of that album there in one line. Right. Yeah, there you go. Um, It is probably the album, Hooray for the Rough, is probably the album that I'll be going back to the most um, because it was just really, um, it it was really powerful. And I I think Palante is pretty inspiring um, and and galvanizing, whatever mood you're in, sort of picks you up. As a live song as well, it was, um, it was, yeah, it was at Gorilla, um, which is a small venue in Manchester, and it was just to see the whole, there was obviously a lot of people uh, who had really, in the short time the album had been out, had really spent a lot of time with it, because it was kind of one of those moments which you don't get very often at a gig, where everyone's just like singing it together, and mm-hmm. really sort of, it was, a, it was a pretty amazing moment. But I just want to touch mm-hmm. on the sort of the idea of the less interesting sort of genre, and I think that is very much that you're not into the genre maybe that's it? true because it is a genre all, that I, I, think, I enjoy uh, anyway I'll just say but, that we're all fighting that aren't we all the time all three of us probably yeah, have yeah, our own yeah. predilections and it's just interesting yeah, to see if we yeah, can pull sure. against that and I, I tried to do so I wasn't like I hated it but I just found it was too, it was too far down that path for me some of the time but I think anyway, for me on. some of the songs like Living in the City Life to Save which I agree actually they're not as strong as the, the strongest songs are Palante Recon Beach Hungry Ghost nothing's going to change that girl for me but I think even the other ones because of the idea of the story that the album's telling. Again, yeah. a little bit like the Ziggy Stardust album. If you you have for me, you have to listen to this album as an album. You can't it's it's difficult to listen to it as tracks on their own. And I think even if some of the tracks aren't as interesting musically, the album as a concept is very interesting and they work in that concept, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like it wouldn't work without Living in the City, I know what you're saying, it's not the, the most interesting musically, but it's it kind of needs to be there in this album, if you ask mm-hmm. me, because of, of the story that it begins if you know what I mean I can see that so. I can see that and I think that still speaks to the same problem for me which is that there's no there's no issue with the concept behind it or the orientation of the build of the lyrics and the build of the narrative of it there's just for me an issue with what the ultimate musical styling and production of that you know that's mm-hmm. not the same you know so as the music but yeah anyway okay so let's move on let's move on to uh, I have another question here uh, what what is what is what was the least favorite of all of the albums and I kind of feel like I know what it will be for everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, then, why don't, you, why don't you begin by answering the question yourself in that case? Okay, well, uh, I will say that... Well, no, I'm the moderator. I'm going to ask you first, Nick. Uh, what, was your le- what was your least favorite of all of our albums? Um, I will say, and if I say this with some hesitation, I will say that The Idols ultimately was, was the weakest album for me, but I don't mean by to say that it was awful because... I thought this was, you know, a pretty good list in general. We'll talk more about that later. But I, I, the album was, was occasionally witty, had a lot of energy to it. Um, I think it was fell down in terms of production values, particularly on the drums, which I thought were much too polished, uh, like kind of American post-punk of the 2000s, like Blink-182 type drum sound, which I, I really have difficulty with. Um, but I thought it had a raucous kind of tone to it that was quite interesting. Um, there was some funny, like uh, Stenhouse Syndrome, I thought was probably the the strongest song, uh, if anyone remembers that yeah. one. Um, and where he's talking about, um, uh, do you remember this? Some artist he's talking about, did, did you see that picture that somebody took? Oscar. 
Um, he needs yeah. to take a pitch. He needs to take a page out of the screensaver book. Yeah, which I love that, that <laughs> phrase. That was really good. That's some great. And there are a few like that, you know. And I, and I but I think um, the issue though is uh, that, that ultimately it was a bit thin. You know, I don't mean musically. It just was a bit. Uh, it, it didn't have a lot of depth to it, and I just ended up drifting away from it fairly quickly. I thought, okay, this is amusing. Got some good energy. Bit over polished on production, but it's okay. And in the end, I just sort of listened to it, you know, a, a good number of times. But I can't imagine sort of thinking, oh, I'll stick on the Idols album, you know. Um, mm. It just sounded a little bit too, um, yeah, too shallow, to be honest. I don't want to, that sounds really patronizing to it, but, you know, a, a little bit too thin. So that's kind of the, that's what I'd probably say about that one. And anyone else think that? Um, what did you think, Fran? Did, did you agree that that was the worst of the lot? No more. Well, I guess I was thinking of all of the albums together, and so and I know we're going to talk about the classic XTC separately, right? So are we not including cl- the classic in the conversation we're having here? Because um, we can do. For me, the idols. I, if, I'll talk about idols. If uh, if and I would say I'm a little bit here. surprised to hear um, hear your thoughts on it. I kind of I I certainly I mean of the four brand new albums, yeah, it's the it's the one I'm least likely to listen to again all the time but actually of all the sort of albums of that genre we've listened to mm. uh, which I'd say things like Slaves and uh, Swain and a few yep. other it was for me one that I enjoyed a lot more than them um, it was I think that's true yeah. I think there was a lot that I found quite interesting in it I think um, and I do think it had a bit of depth I think um, some of the depth is very <laughs> it's not that deep yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like, about... like the best way to sc- scare a Tory is to read and get rich yeah like okay it's not that deep but also or, I want to move into a bovis home yeah <laughs> I love that line as well no, I, mean, I don't hate the album I don't hate the album it's just but if you're asking me compared to these other ones yeah. I don't think it's as strong as the other but I find I found it a funny album I found it quite interesting I found it I found it quite nice to listen to a I think sometimes this genre, especially when they're this sort of shouty and screamy, sometimes makes me think of the old like romper stomper movies and stuff and the skinheads type music, but they're far away from that politically. Mm. Um, and actually, a couple of the songs I, I kind of loved, like the um, Well Done, where he goes on about Mary yeah. Berry's got a job, yeah. Tarquin's yeah. got a job, and oh, I'm just like, great. what is happening here? Why is this? Mary thing? Berry's got a degree. Do yeah. you know who Mary Berry is, Nimble? Is that somebody in America no, who's... No, I have no idea. Okay, no so idea there's a is. terrible, terrible cooking programme in England called The Great British Bake Off, and she's this like, older lady who, oh, who's the baker on the programme. Yeah. So there's no reason in the world for her to be included in this song yeah. at all. But uh, and nor the fact that she's got a degree or not. I mean, that's got absolutely she nothing likes to do. She, yeah, likes she likes reggae. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's not a terrible album. I, don't, I really want to the defend that is, in that sense. It's I just, yeah, I mean, yeah, I it's kind of great. So much in this album, like I, it was a, the well done was so funny to me, yeah. and uh, and also there was another one that I, gosh, I wish I remember now, but it's like. Um, uh, it was just uh, uh, ranting about, um, you know, how everybody's like the standards of what, you know, are considered success are just mm. uh, so arbitrary. And then and and you're just going to rail against it. And I just thought it was it was funny to me hearing the point of view, but also also hurry, hurry, funny for me to hear the protest against that point of view too, you know, it was this, uh, it's like, okay, then, you know, settle down and mm-hmm. say, okay, you know, let's, <laughs> let's move on, you know, especially know. in relation to some of the other things we've listened to and, and kind of facing, you know, this like, okay. Um, 
I, I will say that uh, Divide and Conquer really tapped into the song. Divide and Conquer really tapped into me um, wanting to just like headbang a little bit. You know, it was yeah. so driving bass, and and the guys just singing. You know, ah, you know, ah, <laughs> <laughs> just, yelling, just yelling into the into the mic, and it's just like these. His loud delivery runs. was great. Yeah. His delivery, in fact, yeah. was a lot less polished than Swain that we did a couple of months ago. Yeah. And I think that's why I was talking about the production-wise, that the, the, his delivery was vocally was great and really kind of gravelly, but the drums were much too polished, particularly the kick drum was just, just popping. Mm -hmm. It was just annoying. Yeah. See, I, I never noticed these things, I'll be honest. <laughs> but uh, can I just ask if anyone knows who Rachel Koo is? Because there's a song called Rachel Koo, no. and he just, at the end he just screams her name for like five <laughs> minutes, and I just love it. And I don't know why he's doing it, but it's brilliant. No, um, I... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Can no, I, I also? Um, I want to. We were talking about Needle Drop earlier, Nick, before mm -hmm. we started recording, and um, he did a review of he this did. album. And there's the song where he talks about um, Uncle Noel's got cancer in his brain, and he starts talking about how Uncle Noel's got Jesus in his heart. Do you know the song I mean? Mm. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, so it's, exactly. It, about, it yeah. made me. It was, it was quite the... a. For me, it was an obvious sort of piss take of people who who think everything's going to be fine because they've got Jesus in their heart, okay, which kind right. of made me laugh, and I kind of enjoyed, but. I just wanted, wanted, in the needle drop, he seemed to completely miss that and think it was an angry song about... Oh, I see. So right, I just right, found it quite okay, interesting because yeah. I don't know if I was just picking up sarcasm that wasn't there or if you guys no, I thought, thought I, it was thought, a... I think I can't remember the name of the song, but I do think I, think I remember uh, also agreeing that it was a sarcastic thing. I think it's just thing, a sarcastic album, yeah. isn't it? Which it's is a very sarcastic nice, album, Because yeah, I'm yeah. a very sarcastic human, yeah, so yeah, I kind of got yeah. with that. <laughs> um, no, I, I totally agree that... Um, uh, yeah, the album, I, I, I think it's, un, in a way, it's, un, it's a hard question to ask me what's the worst album out of a set of albums that I generally liked. Because uh, I think mm -hmm. this, was, uh, this was not a terrible album by mm. any measure, you know, so, yeah. The, uh, uh, you know, as uh, someone in America and, uh, you know, seeing uh, England from a distance, uh, it struck me as extraordinarily British. Mm. Is, that, is that true? <laughs> well, yeah, he sings about Mary Berry for a yeah, song. Exactly, you can't yeah. get more British than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely, I agree with that. Um, which very, is actually, I so. suppose, something you don't get a great deal of, um, yeah. really. Like a very yeah. British album, I suppose, these days. Which And a very British album that isn't doesn't make me cringe at the thought of being British as well. It was kind of a piss take mm. about being British, I think, in a mm. lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Which is quite nice. Oh, it reminded me as well of uh, talking of a band that Nermal may... Sorry, I was just going to say, it might remind uh, Nermal of, of Art Brute that we've seen yeah. together, haven't we? Mm -hmm. So Art Brute were... I mean, and I, think, I have to say, I think Art Brute are a better band than this because they, they were just absolutely amazing, hilarious band. I don't know if they're even really still going. But um, anyway, that, that same kind of com uh, concept of being like basically a sort of a party mm -hmm. band um, that really wanted to uh, be sarcastic and caustic and all that sort of stuff, you know. So, yeah. That's what, that's what it sent me back to in my mind. I'll definitely look out for what idols do next, though. I think I'm quite, yeah. I am intrigued by them. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, you know, what was in my mind of when I asked that question was the classic album included, uh, the XTC's Skylarking. Mm. And um, I should say, when I picked this as the classic album, I didn't know anything about them. Um, and I didn't we forgive know. You. <laughs> Uh, I didn't. I had no idea what it was, and I just heard that you know, you know, this was generally overlooked as a band, and sort of in the same era as other, you know, more popular works uh, and artists, and I guess they were lumped into a punk scene, I guess. But I uh, post punk, I think, yeah. I, post punk, yeah. And mm -hmm. so when I listened to this, I was. <clears throat> 
very uncomfortable. <laughs> and, uh, I was, uh, it was testing every part of my I'm so being glad to hear this being said. ways that I, I just, I don't know. I, I was so unhappy listening to it <laughs> and I kind of was thinking I should never, you know, that, that this project of the picky bastards is, is not worthwhile anymore because of this album. <laughs> oh my really, God. It, it really sunk me. It really wow. depressed me. So wow. I was very unhappy with it. Yeah. I don't know what you guys thought. I feel it's like I need fun. to, I feel like I need to think of an album that could hit you harder than that. Now I can't think what that would be, but now there's somehow I feel like the gauntlet's been thrown down to find an album that would that would so, really sink you emotionally lower than the next TC. Then really, I'm gonna think about that. This is why I was just in so much shock when you said idols because I thought. Yeah, we were I, I think this I was album. kind of thinking of it as uh, I wasn't really including the classic, but maybe and I you should have definitely been doing, include yeah. this album in yeah, any yeah. conversations you have about the worst album <laughs> on any list because I oh, and I've, I've got to say, tell you, but if I've been managing the Twitter this month, and every time we mentioned XTC, yeah. we would get retweets and we would get replies. So we're not going to be popular yeah. for what we're saying because oh, they no. seem to be a very popular band. But for oh. me. This was the worst album I've listened to with you guys. Wow. Um, wow. I just didn't get it. I don't understand why it exists. Same it's here. hugely well, cheesy. It's the song that's really super, super girl. I mean, by the way, when we saw that title, we should have known <laughs> not to listen to this album. But what is it about? Like, why is it, why is it a thing? It's about a really super, super girl. Really Come super, on. super girl. Yeah, yeah. And the song Grass, when they just the talk about rolling in the grass, and it's just like, what? I just... I don't know. Someone tell me something positive about this album now, please. Um, I'll tell you something positive about it, which is it vaguely, vaguely reminded me is one of my first musical loves from when I was about 12, which was Tears for Fears. Right. And that right. just allowed me to gain a little bit of traction on it and feel like, oh, okay, I remember this era and like I, I sort of remember the, the incredibly polished sort of but but flat production values you know kind of clinical production values of, of the digital early digital stuff and um just thought it was you know interesting in that respect i, I really couldn't get gain any uh kind of real, real emotional connection to it so i don't think it ever really resonated with me i i, I really found it more innocuous than either of you though i mean I, certainly more than no more did jesus uh, oh, it upset me deeply as well. Oh, yeah? I want to okay. get on wow. board with wow. that. It upset, yeah. It was, um, it was, it was yeah, so when everybody starts sending angry tweets, I, I'm, you know, the, possibly the back of the list for that. For being I'm, my I'm, willing to, I'm willing to interact with these angry tweets. Obviously. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, yeah, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was a strong album. I wouldn't say it was a strong album. I want to know, like, I, I, especially Dear God, uh, it was, it's a very popular song, mm. and uh, people seem to really be attached to lots of this uh, lots of xdc stuff so i i'm i need to understand i mean it's kind of like uh <clears throat> helping me cross the uh, political divide you know a little bit um and reaching across the aisles and uh trying to figure out what it means to like <laughs> and like this lyrics because i i'm it's lost on me it really is i'm just so it's it's really quite beyond me if i can be honest i only got through to dear god maybe twice it was the i couldn't get all that way but it was the one song that maybe I, I could get a little bit of enjoyment out of. And I think that was mainly because he doesn't sing the whole thing. So there was another voice in it. And I didn't like his voice either. So I think it was just nice to have a break. I thought it was because you were so profoundly religious. Oh, it's because I'm really, yeah, it's also, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the main thing. But yeah, I mean, 
No, I mean, I just don't know what to say about this album, I think. All right. All right, well, I think I feel like we've we've kicked on it enough now. We shouldn't possibly move on. Yeah, I just on. want to apologise to any XTC fans that are listening. Yeah. Um, but you, you kind of do, but you kind of don't. No, I don't, actually. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move to uh, either Sampa the Great or Loyal Corner. Um, either, which one do you want to do you want to take up? I will go with Sampa the Great, and the reason okay. I'll go with it is because it was my favourite album of this slot. Oh, was it? Um, I absolutely loved this album, uh, and I loved it because it was so uh, randomly playful. It was so creatively kind of loose and relaxed, and she just sort of jumped in and out of songs, in and out of timings. Um, I mean, she was clearly very skilled, you know, very competent, but also very so confident that she was willing to take a lot of risks musically. Uh, there are lots of songs um, where you're just like, uh, how is she keeping up with mm-hmm. the song here? You know, like, wh- where is the song in relation? Is she listening to it, like, separately? She just rapped, you know, like, did the rap of the lines separately uh, without any, any backing track? Um, and mm-hmm. it really worked. It worked so great. And there were so many weird and wonderful moments, even even all, to, all the way to the end. The, antro, the outro song on the end there, the short little song on the end there was really, really good. Um, there's one, now I, I'm going to forget the name of the song, unfortunately, I stupidly didn't write it down, but um, Give us a there's one about the, um, where they, where, she, the, where they, she wants to sit under the stars and fry legumes. Yes, that's uh, Born to be Blue, which I also picked as my favourite. Right, yeah, that's, that was an amazing track and just so chilled. Um, and I think there's also, there's a, there's a tonal interest having it because I think she's in this genre there's when you're confident I, I hear a, you hear a good deal of rappers who are they demonstrate their confidence by being very aggressively on the point you know mm. on, on the beat and on the on the sort of measure and stuff and she seemed so confident she was like oh I'm just gonna throw that out the window and just do whatever I fancy yeah. you know so anyway I, I, I haven't got loads more to say about it except that I, I just thought it was incredibly intriguing and I've listened to it a lot I've listened to it more than anything else on this list um, and I, I mean, notwithstanding the, the the classic, which is a different category, but yeah, uh, yeah. So there you go. I think it's interesting yeah. as well because it's um, the idea that it is a mixtape, and that's kind of something that doesn't happen as much now. But in early days of hip hop, like that was what they mixtape was something they'd send out as like almost a demo, where they would um, they would be more freeform with it. And I think she's taken that on majorly here. But I think also, even though it is kind of loose and a bit chaotic in a good way it's also really really strong like really it reminded me in some ways of the odyssey and that it was um very political but also really playful and fun as well um mm. like the songs there's the one with the malcolm x speech at the start of it mm. revolution okay. which is just mm. incredible like really really interestingly done and mm. to put those three separate speeches to a to a track like she did is really i don't know who the other two speeches are by the way but it's, um, that's really interesting but then there's Born to be Blue which is about having a barbecue and I just felt yeah. like it was like a really good celebration of just having friends and having freedom and having like yeah. sitting around and frying legumes and <laughs> eating ice cream after dark and just like, yeah, yeah. I, was, yeah, yeah. I was kind of very impressed with this album and it took, when I first heard it I wasn't sure that I was but the more I listened to it yeah um, really interesting voice as well that I think might put some people off but I found it kind of very right. hypnotic and like yeah, mesmerizing. So. Yeah, I loved this album too. Um, like, probably my favorite of the of all of them as well. Right. Um, it was just so wonderful, um, interesting, challenging, and fun and experimental. And um, I was, <clears throat> it was very intellectual. So I think in some ways it didn't hit me emotionally like 
um, <clears throat> some of the other tracks like the Harafa uh, uh, the Riffraff does. It hits me kind of more emotionally than this does. This, this hit me kind of more on my brain a little mm -hmm. bit more. Um, and I will say, like, I think <clears throat> the most ridiculous series lyrically and, and the rap was in um, Class Trip. Uh, and there's a sequence. I got to read it out loud. It is amazing. And I think you guys will remember this. I can't obviously rap it, but I got to read this. This is rap it. So I simmer up, get assorted, and all my dreams I dream, I sit inside as I've forgotten. Like, who the hell I, am I to see myself in summer solstice, class trip, debate, six realities, what you make it? And I was like, holy wow, shit, really? there's so much, like, assonance in there. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I uh, uh, loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. This is the problem, though, isn't it? When we actually all agree on the quality of an album, then we're really in, like, Stuck, and we need to, one of us needs to quickly oh, turn yeah, around and say we hated it or something, and then it's we nice can agree on occasion. It's nice to agree on occasion. Okay, we'll let, we'll let that <laughs> pass this, this time. Yeah, yeah. Great okay. work. But yeah, well, that's what right. Even mentioned a couple of other songs like Dragon Slayer and Female, oh, yeah. and yeah, it's, it is a it is a very strong, yeah, very interesting album, like very unique, I think. Yeah, very consistent as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so loyal Connor, um, known as like the sensitive rapper, I think has kind of been a term used for him. Um, what do you all think? Who wants to go? Um, I really enjoyed this album as well. Um, and one thing that while I was listening to both Sampa the Great and and this album, um, I just we were talking about it earlier a little bit, but I'm just doing this playlist as we have done has actually been really good for me because I was into hip-hop massively when I was a teenager and I kind of was of the impression that hip-hop had died in the last few years but doing this and finding albums like this where actually it's not just someone he, he barely he, I don't really know if he mentions guns and that kind of thing and I think it's just really nice to find that these there's still really good hip-hop happening it's just maybe not as mainstream as it used to be and I really like I mean I found him very gentle very open and some real honest songs that you wouldn't have heard back when I was listening to hip-hop it was all gangster rap really in those days, and I, I think for me, Damsel Five was my favourite song on the album. Um, it was a song about a relationship yeah. and about a woman that he's obviously had an interesting relationship with, but it never crossed into the misogyny that hip hop kind of is sort of, you know, rife with a lot of the time. Um, and then there's a couple of other great songs, Ain't Nothing Changed, I love the saxophone in the background on that song. And then there's uh, one called No CDs, which I kind of love yeah. for a nostalgic reasons. It reminded me of being. When I was a teenager, I would go out and buy just a load of hip-hop CDs and then sit in my room for a week and not have any money to do anything. And I mean, I still, it's vinyl nowadays and not hip-hop as much, but yeah, yeah. it's still pretty much what I do. So I, f I love that song in a sort of, in a different way. I thought it was just really, yeah, a really interesting album. And yeah, I really liked him. I was, mm. I was really impressed. Uh, I, I, I would, uh, you know, for better or worse, I would agree as well, actually. Oh, agreeing again. Um, yeah, I know, it's unfortunate. <laughs> um, no, I mean, uh, to me... Um, it was very different from the uh, Sampa the Great, um, but not in a. Neither one was. You know, I think this, I do prefer the Sampa the Great album, but I, I think neither one was a bad album at all. The Loyal Karna was very um, intimate, though, uh, and obviously very family oriented from the from the very front cover onwards. You know, it was really built around familiar relationships mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, 
I loved all that stuff about his when he brings his mum in and you know mm. the stuff about the swearing you know when he gets to, to swear yeah. and that and there was a lot yeah. of vignettes and it's really really nicely done um it has uh I don't know if you were aware but the, the son of Gene was also you know that song was built out of um elements of an album that his father who had passed away in the last few years oh, right. no, um had actually recorded that he discovered after he had died and uh, he took some samples out of it and built the beat out of that um so you really can't get much more um family orientated into you know inter- introspective um intimacy than that i think in an album uh, and it, it you know it's, it's all the things that people have talked about it's very it's very delicate it's very but i think it does have some um a little bit of swagger to it which is nice as well um i don't think the reason i was saying that the sample of the great is, is a stronger album is just because um i think it sits within uh its difference is this delicacy and gent- gentility but um it's not different musically as much as the sample of the great so to me this is an album that's you know it's a hip-hop album it has interesting hooks and beats and then it runs interesting lyrics over them on the beat you know that's that's just not as quite as inventive but still um I, yeah i i thought no cd is one of the tracks i would have picked out as well as as one of my my favorites um and uh, yeah that might be that might be all i've got to say but I, I i thought it was um really good i saw him on the uh, at least on the replay on the six music festival as well and if anyone else saw that he was he was performing at six music festival in the last month um Glasgow. Seeing him at Tramlines in a in next month. Oh, you're going to see him. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Um, And uh, yeah, no, he was. He he seemed really, really great and really genuine as well. Really, you know, fitting with what the album sounded like. So it felt very much. I felt very comfortable with the idea that he was the persona he was he was presenting was was something close, similar to his own. You know. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know if either of you heard. influences all throughout the all of the album like uh i shouldn't say all but um ray fruit of raff um uh sampa the great and loyal corner uh, we just felt like so many of them were in the shadow of uh, lauren hill and mm. beats and the hip-hop and the back you know the kind of combination of the rap and the the r&b tones and the um, personal narratives and stuff. I just felt like Lauren Hill was like throughout our playlist this this time really? around. I mean, certainly something uh, great. I would I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. 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 Uh, Very interesting. I. Uh, what did you guys think of? I mean, I I, I think the my favorite piece of this album of uh, the Loyal Corner was the piece of poetry that was in there mm. plus forty four. Uh, when he's just uh, re- you know talking about the text yeah. uh, mm. to this girl, I really enjoyed listening to that and yeah. hearing how um, love in the age of uh, you know texting and the, and the internet yeah. it was really nice. It that was, was really the first nice thing that grabbed me about the album. It was the first thing that really got my attention when I was just listening to it on the the whole playlist on the bus and then kind of. That made me sit up and listen, pay a bit more attention to this album actually than I had been doing. So mm. I think, yeah, it's, a, mm. it's it's very, it just shows that little for me that little bit of an edge he's got over some of the people in the doing similar stuff to him and mm. and why he's probably getting quite a bit of hype at the moment because I think he's just got that little yeah, that little thing about him that's it's very different and interesting. Mm. And it takes a lot to be uh, to have the confidence to be introspective like that. I think, mm. and it's something you saw on say Pimp Butterfly. There's an awful lot of 
of, of Kendrick Lamar's stuff about you know uh, his depression and you know and t- tough times things like that. And uh, this was in that sense you know not many similarities apart from that, but that was a similarity. I think that, that this album was willing to take talk about very personal things and very intimate things without uh, without steering away from them, without shying away from them. What about this line? A sugar-soaked sentiment for skeptics. Oh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> love it. That's great. Which track was that off? Do you know what That's that was the off? same. The plus four four. Oh, is it right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Great. A sugar-soaked sentiment for skeptics, then start to giggle as the ridicule reflects this. Oh, wow! That's so nice. That's love great. it. Yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah, we're clearly gonna have to have more disagreements next time. Too much agreeing, not working. This is not working. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, shall we move to neutral milk? Yep. Yeah, I think we should. All right, so I uh, this is this is one of my um, uh, not only kind of like favorite pieces of music, but um, it's wrapped up in a whole lot of memories and personal experiences. So the first time I heard this music was actually long before I had ever heard the album, and um, I was in living in India. <clears throat> studying with a bunch of uh, Americans traveling abroad, and uh, one of them was a musician, or two of them musicians who knew Neutral Milk quite well in terms of the music, and uh, he had his guitar with him, and he would just sing the, he just run the album all the way through on his guitar, and played it, and sang it, and uh, he and his friend were both, you know, musicians, and they would just sing it, you know, with a guitar and, you know, uh, uh, a bucket turned upside down you know yeah. <laughs> that's a drum nice. and all wow. of us by the end of our trip in india uh, six months into it probably knew all the lyrics to all the songs but we had nobody had ever heard you know this was before mm-hmm. streaming and all of that and none of us had the cd uh, of uh, of the album so we all we knew the songs all the way through without ever hearing it mm-hmm. um and then when I came back to the U.S., I uh, got the album, first thing I could do, uh, and listened to it all the way through and was just in tears when I heard it. And especially, especially what really, really hit me was the incredible surreal nature of the lyrics in context of a, a domestic life that he's depicting um, of, of incredible like tragedy and difficulty on top of a story of uh, global and historical importance, which was the Holocaust and the life of Anne Frank. And so I was like, how does one do that and still make it so beautiful? Um, And the one thing I, the one piece that really has always stuck with me about this album is uh, the use of the saw in um uh in the airplane over the sea uh and the line where he says how strange it is to be anything at all with the saw coming in in the background it makes me cry almost every time i hear it and i've you know heard it hundreds and hundreds of times now <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and so i uh you know the uh, newsroom hotel has a very very loyal strong cult following um, and they're based out of Athens, Georgia, and the, uh, um, you know, he, he, uh, I actually forgot his uh, name, but he, he started and singing locally, uh, became quite 
popular among in the same circles as everyone else coming out of Athens at the time, including R.E.M. And uh, then made two albums so, and then kind of disappeared off the face of the earth, you know. <laughs> and his, his name <laughs> is Jeff to... Magnum, by the way. Just We just caught up with Jeff that. Mag- so, yeah, Magnum. Magnum, sorry. Yeah. And uh, he uh, traveled through, you know, traveled through Central Europe um, playing some music, but he kind of just disappeared. He really just sort of disappeared, never didn't really make any music. And then only recently, within the last couple of years, went back on tour with the whole with Neutral Milk Hotel selling out everywhere he went. And did you see the rabid fame? I saw them, yeah, I saw them when they came. I saw them in Manchester and... as well, actually. I saw them at the Albert Hall in really? Manchester in uh, 2014 or something, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So, so that's you know, um. I yeah, just find find everything about them incredibly moving. So I think uh, yeah. you you raise a fa- it's a fantastic story of how you came across came to to know the album, mm. and I think it actually sums up one of the best things about the album as well, actually in, in an interesting way, which is the album is actually I, I think lyrically it's, it's very profound, but musically it's actually not that complicated an album. You know, the idea that mm. that some twenty something could have learnt the entire album and just play it from start to finish um, is not inconceivable, you know? So um, yeah. we're just on acoustic guitar because, you know, in fact, I know that people have in past criticized the band for being too um, sort of simple in, in using major chords and that kind of thing. But um, I think that really is to its credit that they can, it can do something so affecting and powerful uh, that's so um, sort of straight down the line as well, in a way, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a real remarkable achievement. So for you to have come to it that way, which I mean, God, I wish I'd ever had an album mm-hmm. that was such a cool experience as what you just described with an album, uh, to learn about mm-hmm. it from in a foreign place when you couldn't even hear it from somebody performing it live to you endlessly is, is incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, that's, um, that's an amazing thing, but I think it also does fit very well with what one of the things Neutral Milk does. Um, does best you know so um, for me um, uh, there's not loads of things to say. I think they introduce some really good instrumentation I don't want to I don't want to make out it's like really really simple I mean it has like um, the saw stuff it has like the bagpipe yes, stuff and that you know it's got, got bagpipes in it yeah which is not an simple instrument is it so you've got to give him credit for that <laughs> I'm guessing um, that your friend wasn't there playing the bagpipes when he introduced the album to you <laughs> that was surprising yeah. not many yeah. bagpipes in India yeah, you missed that. You missed that element, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then I, I would say my, my favorite my favorite track on the album is "Oh Come Lee." Um, yeah. I think it's so. Um, and the vocal performance in that song and across the board is uh, um, often uh, staggering to the point where actually I think the engineers couldn't really handle it. There's a, there's a moments, several moments where the where it actually blows out on the mic and just mm. distorts a little bit on the mic. Because he, when he wants to throw his voice at it, can really, really um, hit hit it hard, you know. So I think that's that's um, really interesting and uh, really, um, yeah, really powerful. So, so yeah, I, I I love it as well, and um, I have it on vinyl, so that's great. Um, yeah, that's all I've got to say about that one. So I'll say, um, obviously, no more. You've just told us how much you adore this album. I know that you already were were very familiar with it as well. I'd never heard this album until um, until you put this on this playlist, Nermal. And um, I know I know that I love it. I can tell already that I love it. But a bit like I said about Bjork's by Ophelia last week, I still don't know if I've fully got underneath its skin yet. If you know what I mean, I think it's I yeah. love listening yeah. to it. 
And um, I actually listened to it a lot, and then I still was. I feel like I'm missing a meaning somewhere. I feel like there's, with a lot of them having sort of King of Carrot Flowers Part One, and then Part Two and Three, and then this two-headed boy's got two parts. <laughs> there's obviously the song. There's this is meant to be a big linkage in the album. And interestingly, you mentioned Anne Frank, um, and I googled this album sort of two, three days ago just because I wanted to get a bit more context. And there was a lot yeah. of people talking about Anne Frank, and I think. Once I heard about that, I listened again, and I can really feel that in, in Holland, 1945, and in O which are my two favourite songs on the album. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's another album that I'm going to still be unpicking for a long time, but I'm, I certainly, more than the Bjork, I will, I will listen, I will carry on to listen to this album a lot. Um, it, is, it is kind of fascinating, and it was quite interesting to hear Nick say that it's quite a simple album, because in some ways, because that's not something I would have picked up on at all. It feels uh-huh. quite complex to me. And I think that's why I feel like I'm still not fully... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of instrumentation and there's mm. a lot of vocal moves and obviously lyrically it's, it's extremely complex. But I just mean that on a guitar, and I assume the way yeah, you yeah, heard yeah. it, Emil, it's played in a lot of yeah. big chords, yeah. you know, a lot of three, yeah, exactly. three chord moves and stuff. You know, it's not like they're not shredding its solos, are they? Mm. So, you know, but yeah. yeah. I, I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely glad that I was introduced to this album and I'm I'm going to definitely listen to it more but it's um it's interesting to get a bit more context what about this can I ask you about their other albums if, if are they would they as there's only one other album one other album there's really only one other album on Avery Island and it's um it's also really good uh, it, it's quite different it has it feels a lot more distorted and the sounds are a lot mm. more distorted it's a lot louder in a way um and uh, but it's got the same kind of feeling of uh, this very personal storytelling, um, and in the relationship of uh, you know um, coming of age mm. and 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 becoming an adult and kind of being bewildered by the world really. Like I don't know, you know, it's like I you know entering this world and I don't know what to make of it, and the only way I'm going to make sense of it is by creating these completely fantastical surreal objects and play with them um so that that kind of comes through in avery island too but nothing at the scale uh sort of epic scale i think uh in the airplane over the sea is is, is doing so. yeah i mean it's such a it's such a profound achievement to do that kind of concept album across you know make it weave it together so well that um i found on avery island to be you know fine but I, i'm not kind of i don't sure. jump to listen to it a lot it's it's you know it's, it's not the same. Definitely not the same. Yeah. So. Cool. Cool. Um, well, I'm glad, I'm glad it was, it was uh, a new experience for Fran, too. And, and, and to be able to talk about it like this is the first time I've really been able to talk about it in this manner. And, and I, hope, uh, I hope at some point they do come back and do another set of live shows because they'll sell out again mm-hmm. <laughs> very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody in the, who goes to those shows seems to know all the lyrics, you know, so <laughs> it's kind of an amazing experience. So let's talk, let's talk about the next, uh, next round, what we're, what we're planning on doing. Okay. So we're, we're going to be focusing on a, a Green Man festival next time. Uh, Cause I'm going to Green Man in August. So uh, we thought it'd be nice to do a festival themed yep. edition. Um, I am going to be picking out we're all going to pick out artists from the playlist I'm going to be picking out uh, Julia Jacqueline and her albums Don't Let the Kids Win and Timber Tomba and their album is Sincerely Future Pollution 
Uh, and I, I will be taking over sort of moderating like you were doing this time, Nermal. So I'll be introducing um, one of the headliners for the set, um, PJ Harvey, with a playlist rather than a specific album. So I'll, I'll go through and build that playlist in the, in the Spotify uh, list we have for Picky Bastards. Um, and then I'll also be doing uh, Lift to Experience, the Texas-Jerusalem Crossroads, um, as, as, another, as another one, uh, kind of a classic album, from which I'm, I'm not familiar with, but has is, is, you know, been around for a while. Right, and my two albums are Bad, Bad, Not Goods, Four, and Anna Meredith's Varmints. Uh, and um, our classic album is going to be. No, we I've, I've mentioned that one. That's Lift to Experience, the Texas Jerusalem Crossroads. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, so we got that cover. No, it's fine. No problem. So I should, um... I should listen. <laughs> That's all right. No worries. So, uh, yeah, so, and obviously, as usual, uh, with the exception of the P.J. Harvey one that uh, I'll be introducing to the two of you, the other albums, uh, none of us know up to now. So it's going to be all fresh stuff for us when we meet next month. That's right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for listening, if you're listening. And uh, if you got this far, um, uh, send us a tweet at Picky Bastards. Bastards. Yep, at Picky Bastards. Capital P, capital B. Nice. All right. Yeah, if anyone's got any opinions on the albums we've talked about, um, particularly anyone who uh, knows more about Neutral Milk Hotel, I'd be fascinated. Or anyone who wants to defend XTC, you know, come at us. <laughs> oh, wow. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> All right. Okay, that's great. I'll, uh, I'll uh, we'll call it a day we'll say goodbye, shall we? All right, bye.